United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. Another fun show for you today. We start with Ann Cook, the longtime associate head coach for the Penn State women's soccer team that won the 2015 National Championship. Tonight on the Big Ten Network, Penn State will take on Wisconsin, and they're looking for their first win of the Big Ten season. Penn State and Wisconsin, Ann Cook, the longtime associate head coach at Penn State for the women's soccer team, will kick off the show. After Ann, it's Sean Soderling, the head coach of the Brescia Bearcats women's soccer team, who got their first conference win. He's only been there two years. Big win, big moment. He was kind enough to reach out to me to voice the goal, the win, the celebration, all of that. Sean Soderling also on Soccer Chat, big-time personality, and a special visit with Sean. Then it's the countdown to convention with the perfect man, Ian Barker, the director of coaching education for United Soccer Coaches. That's our show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern Time on the Big Ten Network, the Penn State Nittany Lions 2015 National Champions will take on the Wisconsin Badgers. Always a great game, and we are so pleased to be joined by the longtime associate head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions. That is Ann Cook, who now is in her 15th season with the Nittany Lions. This is also the 15th season that she's been coaching with her former teammate and friend, Erica Wash-Dombach. The two combined for numerous wins on the field at William & Mary and have shown their prowess on the sidelines together as they led the Nittany Lions to the program's first NCAA title, as I already mentioned, in 2015. Two College Cup appearances, as they also were there in 2012. Too many Big Ten titles to count, and, of course, they made the NCAA tournament every single year as well. Ann Cook, Associate Head Coach, Penn State, who tonight takes on Wisconsin on the Big Ten Network. Thanks for kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks for having me, Dean. Yeah, Associate Head Coach and I am certain there has been programs calling you all the time to say, hey, come be a head coach. You clearly love what you do. And I will say calling games at Happy Valley is definitely a highlight for me. I can see why. And Eric is great as well. But just talk about your commitment to staying as an associate head coach, Ann. Well, I think um, the biggest thing is I know a good thing when I have one. Um, And there's, you know, there's always uh, kind of the idea of the grass is greener and and that kind of thing. But we have a really good thing going at Penn State and we have an administration that supports us. We have um, just an incredible staff and and, and a team that um, that we adore and, and love like family. So there's just not a, a really compelling reason to leave, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, and you could never leave Erica's beautiful daughters, by the way. Are you kidding me? They <laughs> melt people, right? 
Yeah, they are pretty sweet. Well, that, one of them's a little bit nasty also, <laughs> but, uh, but that's actually part of her charm. <laughs> well, and as, as Aunt Anne can say, she can say whatever she wants. I love that indeed. Well, let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us where you grew up and tell us how you found William and Mary. And is that where you found Erica or did you know her before? And go ahead and fill in the blanks for us, Anne, if you can. Okay, sure. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in a small, kind of a smaller town in Missouri. I played all of my soccer um, with girls in St. Louis, but I grew up playing with boys because uh, that was kind of my my only choice. Coached by my dad um, all all through my my childhood and and really beyond. He actually still sends me uh, post game recaps, um, which is um, part of part of our charm. Um, but uh, grew up there. And in a hundred years ago, when we were going through the recruiting process to to play in college, the the Penn States of the world, the big football schools, hadn't really um, jumped on board with women's soccer just yet. That kind of happened uh, right after we got to college. And so um, our choices were some of the smaller liberal arts school, like um, Santa Clara, who's still quite relevant, and uh, William & Mary, um, the Dukes, uh, those those types of schools were were around, um, and Notre Dame, and, and those those places were were relevant. But, um, but William & Mary had a, just a tremendous program. I wanted to go to a, um, a good academic institution that, that had um, a competitive soccer program. And so that's why I chose William Mary and, and had an incredible experience there. And Erica and I, we found out later had been on the same like paper national team together at U16, but had never met until we got to, to William Mary. I liked her right away. She apparently uh, thought I was pretty annoying, but, um, but that's, <laughs> that's par for the course. I think she still mostly thinks that we had a, a great career there, had a really good experience um, and learned a ton from, from our coach there who is still coaching there. Um, John Daly. From college, we went slightly different different directions. She went to grad school, got into coaching. Um, I stuck around and kept playing and kept playing and waited for the WSA to start and was fortunate enough to play the three years in that league and um, and then tried to get out of soccer altogether. And Erica talked me back into it. I applied to law school and she said that that is just crazy. Why don't you take some classes and try coaching out? And, and here I am and actually still doing exactly that, taking some classes and trying coaching out. <laughs> Let's fill in the blanks that William and Mary, you won a lot of games, and I'm pretty sure, Ann, I know you're not a bragger uh, like uh, yours truly, um, but I know that you're still in the record books as well, I think, right? I mean, you're you're up there. I, I, I'm not quite sure where you are, and, and I know it's going to be hard for you to maybe say it, but I know Erica reminds me all the time that you're in the record books at William and Mary. Where are you on that? Can you tell me? I honestly don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, I did. I had a, a, a great career there and, and loved it, literally loved every second of it. So um, the, the thing that we tell our players a lot is that you won't remember the games and the stats as well as you'll remember all of the, the other stuff, all the intangibles all the time with your teammates, all the travel, all that stuff. Um, and that's that very much is my experience. Well, you know, as the longtime voice of the association, NSCA, now United Soccer Coaches, I've been around John Daly forever. He's one of the funniest, kindest people <laughs> you're ever going to meet. And it's interesting as we sit and look at you now, 15 years, most of them as the associate head coach, John Daly finally steps away. He missed it so bad. And <laughs> it's so awesome that he's able to come back and sit on the bench. You know, what is your message to everybody as you see his story? A guy who didn't really want to leave is now back working as an assistant coach at William & Mary, a place he loves so much. 
Well, there's something about sport in general, right? It is, uh, it, it, it's a pretty special thing in, in our society um, that, that draws us all in to some degree. And then there's a lot about belonging and about being part of something bigger than yourself. And, and that's, a, that's a piece I think that, um, that I would miss if I were to go into to any other profession. Um, I just think that, you know, there's, there's something about coming together to work for, um, for a common goal that is so valuable. One of the other things you do, and you've done that throughout your time at Penn State, you've been involved in the organization Soccer Without Borders, and I think you still serve as a member of its advisory board, and Soccer Without Borders' mission is to use soccer as a vehicle for positive change in the lives of underserved youth around the world, and has project sites in the U.S. as well as in Africa and Central America. Your primary involvement has been with its projects for girls in Granada and Nicaragua. Can you talk a little bit about Soccer Without Borders? Yeah, I'd love to. It is just an awesome organization. Um, the, the, the work they do um, here in the United States is primarily with refugee and assailant youth. And, um, and they're doing just incredible things with those kids. And, and again, kind of creating this sense of belonging, using something that we, that we all love, sport um, and soccer specifically. And um, I've been fortunate enough to, to um, get to be a part of the program in Nicaragua for a number of years now. And we, we actually took the Penn state team down there um, a few years ago. It was just an incredible experience and so rewarding um, for me personally to kind of um, combine these, these two worlds that I care very much about um, that are worlds apart in many ways (laughs) in terms of opportunity and um, resources and things like that. But, um, but share a very common thread um, in their, their love for soccer and their, their need for a team and and belonging and and that kind of thing. And really, really incredible work um, that Soccer Without Borders is doing all over the place. So it sounds like you plan on continuing to do work with Soccer Without Borders. Yeah, for sure. Um, As long as they'll have me. Uh, I actually, there's a a movement right now um, that is part of street football world. It's called Common goal um, started by Juan Mata. Um, and I've just recently joined that crew. It's, it, it is a, um, a, a huge organization now in terms of um, the people that they have belonging, but it, the kind of the idea behind it is that um, people in the soccer industry, whether they're players or coaches or managers or whatever, um, basically pledge to give 1% of, of what they make on this beautiful game um, to provide opportunities to those who, who are just getting into this beautiful game. Um, and so it's, it's an awesome idea, something that, um, that, you know, it, it's an easy way to give back. Um, and then if you are then also so moved to get involved, there are a lot of, of really um, well-vetted and, and uh, well-organized projects to, to get involved with um, through, through Common Goal. Make sure. Uh, that's a does. shameless plug. No, I, I, we're all about seamless plugs. We're all about shout outs. That's, uh, that's what we love. So do not feel bad about that because it's a great cause. And I know I speak for United Soccer Coaches when they say, well done you for, for doing that and, and making that plug. All right, let's go back to business now. Big game tonight, Penn State. They always, always win a strange season this year. As you know, you've been devastated by injuries. You lose one of the best center backs in the country. I think for the season, I'm not totally sure, but uh, you have been rattled with injuries as you focus on this game. Penn State and the word panic never happens, but obviously 0-3. I think it's rarefied air. I'm trying to confirm if Penn State's ever started 0-3, and but obviously there's a little bit more pressure now at 0-3 because of your expectations. Can you address that? I can in that we didn't want to be here, but we have been here before with our back up against the wall. And and, um, if there's one thing that I know about this group of players is that they do hard things. 
So, um, you know, to say that we're not worried is probably a little bit um, of a, a mislabeling, but um, but but I think comfortable in an uncomfortable spot is is still applicable. Um, we you know we know that we have to to dig down and and um, and get some results here, and I think we're prepared to do that. All right, we look forward to that. That's tonight at eight o'clock. Okay, associate head coach, you kind of already answered it in the first question, but I want to go back to it because ironically, a team that you guys just played Northwestern, David Nikolich was associate head coach, maybe even longer than you with Michael Moynihan first at Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and then at Northwestern. And then he finally took the call from UIC and said, yes, will that day ever come for Ann Cook? <laughs> I don't want to say never, but I, I would be, I would be pretty surprised. Erica and I have a great working relationship. Um, I love our staff. We have, you know, I, I have a ton of ownership over um, the parts of, of um, the job that I want and then uh and i get to we call it playing the the assistant coaching coaches card on the things that i don't want to do and erica does them so um i have a i have a pretty good thing going that's well said that's well played and so with that <laughs> because we have twenty thousand members we probably have more assistant coaches and associate head coaches than we do have head coaches what is your words of wisdom for those coaches and just being happy with where they are, like you said, you know what I mean? Sometimes the grass isn't always greener and you've got a great situation. So why leave it? What kind of words of inspiration can you give to other assistant coaches out there? I'm not sure I have any really wise words of inspiration um, other than, you know, if, if you love what you do, um, just throw yourself into it, you know? And, and I think one of the things that I have found about being an assistant coach rather than a head coach is it, it it's al allowed me to form relationships with the players that, that I would have a harder time forming otherwise. It's allowed me time to do some things like um, soccer without borders and, and taking classes and things like that, that that I probably wouldn't have time for otherwise. And so it's it's provided a, a little bit of, of balance. I wouldn't say I'm the most balanced person on the planet, but but I think in, in the coaching world, um, I would be in the top 1% of uh of having a a, a bit of balance in our lives it, it is a coaching is an all-encompassing um, job and profession and and it is an awesome profession it is um so worthwhile and so meaningful but it can take over your world when you know like we're on a, a three-game losing streak and it is as if the world is coming apart you know and, and that that's the the nature of the job and being able to to balance your life and have other things in your life so that the the, the wheels don't totally come off in moments like this is is obviously really important and something that I think you can teach yourself as an assistant coach and and try to carry those things all the way through um, your your coaching career and and make yourself not only a, a better person for your kids but also um, extend your your coaching life because it it can it can um, take a toll definitely. Great to kick off the United Soccer Coaches podcast with Ann Cook, the associate head coach for Penn State, who tonight on the Big Ten Network, 8 o'clock Eastern, will take on the Wisconsin Badgers. I want to end with this, Ann. I've been around a little while, and I like to reflect on the past so we know where we're headed in the future, and we can also respect where we're going in the future as there's still some heavy lifting to be done, but... You know, I think about the fact that my first camp was with the U.S. women back in 89 as they were preparing for 91. And then I was a part of the WSA as the voice of the courage. Remind me who you played for in the WSA again. Uh, I played two years with the Cyberays and a year with the Freedom. Awesome. Okay. So you were there, part of that. That was a devastating day for me when they said that was done. Then the WPS came. I got back involved. That went away. Another heartbreak. I'm sure you felt the same way. But now the NWSL, 
you know, look, they're having a little bit of growing pains, but the league is amazing. So much talent. Tell me, and you're loving where we are right now. And not just because you love the game, but even as you think about your players, they now have that opportunity. They know it's going to be there to play at the next level. Yeah, that's so massive. I think, you know, at literally every every kid that we recruit has the dream of playing at the next level. And, and the fact that there is a, 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 a league that is being sustained and that they believe will be there is is no small luxury and certainly isn't something that we should take for granted. So, um, you know, like you said, there's still some heavy lifting to be done. And, and as the soccer community as a whole, we need to, to commit to doing that and, and ensuring that the league not only survives, but thrives and gets better. Ann Cook, associate head coach for Penn State. You can see her next to Erica Dombach tonight on the Big Ten Network as they take on Wisconsin. Thank you so much for kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Great way to kick it off with Ann Cook. Always have time for Ann and Erica and anything related to Penn State women's soccer or men's soccer for that matter. Speaking of always having time for somebody, Sean Soderling, who's part of Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo. You'll see him on Podcast Row at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. He's now in his second year coaching the Brescia Bearcats in NAIA in Kentucky. This man's got passion. He's got the hair bun. He's got the excitement. He's got the following. He gets it all. Well, they got their first conference win since entering this new conference. They get the victory. He gets the Gatorade shower. He reaches out to me to voice the goal and the celebration. I consider it an honor. I consider him a good friend. I said, yes, you'll hear that. And you'll hear my interview with Sean Soderling after these messages. Hello, college coaches. This is Dean Linky with a special reminder. Registration is now open for the United Soccer Coaches College Services Program. Registered programs have access to a variety of benefits, including eligibility for awards and rankings, individual membership discounts, a dedicated liaison working on your behalf with organizations like the NCAA, NAIA, NJCAA, and so much more. United Soccer Coaches helps you develop your entire coaching game the way you help your student athletes grow as people. For more information or to register, please visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash college. The Brescia Bearcats made some history with their first ever River States Conference victory. Courtesy of this great goal right here, goalkeeper Ashby Greenwall plays this ball to Macy Uffelman, who all by herself gives the Bearcats a win over the Oakland City Mighty Oaks. What an individual effort and what a goal. And of course, what a win as second-year head coach Sean Soderling, who brings such passion to the game and his team, gets the win and a well-deserved Gatorade shower. Congratulations to Sean Soderling and the NAIA's Brescia Bearcats. So for Coach Soderling and his team, it's the big homie, Dean Linky, voice of the United Soccer Coaches, saying job well done. Sean Soderling, the head coach of the Brescia Bearcats women's soccer team and also works on Soccer Chat, does so many great things with United Soccer Coaches, reached out to me after getting this massive conference win to, quote, voice it as he calls me the big homie. I still think it's a fat thing. I'm not totally sure, but it was fun and really appreciate the honor of calling that and putting it 
down. And now Sean Satterling joins me now. Sean Satterling, welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap. And thank you so much for giving me the honor of laying down that incredible goal, that incredible win. What's going on, big homie? Happy to be back. Yeah, I love the big homie, and I love that you got that first conference win and first ever, right, for Brescia. They've been in that league for, what, five years now? Is that right? Uh, six years, I believe. This is going on year seven, yeah. First one since uh, the River States Conference formed, um, and just happy to get that one out of the way. And you had the Gatorade shower, and I was moved. You know, look, I've been lucky, and I'm humbled by all of the – great things I've been able to do in this game, including hosting this podcast 52 times a year. But you reached out to say, hey, we just scored this great goal. Any chance uh, you can voice it? And I'm telling you, Sean, I jumped on it. I was calling a game when you did it. As soon as the game was over, we voiced it. You made it work. You had the Gatorade shower, the whole thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I just figured, you know, kind of like the, the, the tweet I had made about it was, you know, that's such a big moment for our program to get the first conference victory. I know when I got here, uh, just over a year and a half ago, you know, hearing about we've not won a conference game in five years and, you know, losing all of them last year as well. So going on six years, we hadn't won a game. Uh, and that was something that was just really talked about a lot around our campus. And, and I just knew such a big moment. It needed to have, uh, you know, a big feel to it. And I'm, I'm a big sports guy like everybody else. And you remember the calls that are made uh, in games. We all know, you know, do you believe in miracles and, and whatever other sports cliche ones you can throw out there. And I just thought, man, like I've got this connection to the voice of college soccer. Why would I not try to give the biggest moment in our program's history, the biggest voice and, and give these kids something to remember. And, you know, it was so cool because before you had done it, we were on our way home, but we were watching a game on our TV, on our bus, and you were doing the commentary for it. And I was hoping that that kind of like would get into their minds of like, Hey, like we may hear this voice one day. Because um, I knew I wanted to do something for the very first conference victory and to have uh, your voice as a soundtrack for it, uh, just put the icing on the cake for us. Well, that's very kind of you. I was, uh, it was my honor to do it and a pleasure. And I appreciate your, your kind words. I appreciate the connection. And I like what you said, how your job has created friendships that I think will last forever. And I know, I know you value that. That's, that's you, Sean, isn't it? You value people, you value their spirit, you value their heart. Yeah, it's just something I've, I've always been, uh, I guess that was just the way I was raised, uh, you know, just making connections with every person you meet, because you, you never know where they may want to help you one day, or you may have to help them one day. And, uh, you know, thankfully, through Soccer Chat, I've gotten to meet some important people, some, some amazing people, uh, who, you know, since I've been a part of Brush now, has really done a lot of stuff to help our program out. Uh, you know, it's kind of cool when some of the top people in the sport, you know, send a, a good luck video to our team that I get to show them. Uh, before a game and you know like I said to, to cap it all off with uh, having the big homie put his put his vocals on the on the highlight was just uh, was was just amazing for us. Remind everybody where Brescia is and what made it special enough for you to go after this job and land this job sell Brescia for me. So it's in Owensboro Kentucky uh, I'll sell it to you as in uh, of the jobs that I was up for it was 40 minutes from my driveway uh, as compared to the others were hours and hours and hundreds of miles away. Having the opportunity to get back into Division One, stay in Division Two, and things like that. I remember coming to the interview, I, I didn't really know what I was thinking about this, this particular place, but I met the players, and I think I had mentioned before, because um, I think we did the show right after I had gotten hired, um, you know, I just, I just felt something. You know, somebody was talking to me and said, this is where you need to be. And I just, I felt the need for it, and it became went from a job that I was just, you know, going to interview for to where it was like, this was the one I wanted uh, to be the, to be the head coach of this program that, 
you know, just success wasn't there and, and to see if this was something that, uh, you know, could be successful because I, I do believe uh, we can be successful here. I, I hate the word potential, but, you know, I saw that, you know, we can bypass this potential, uh, you know, bringing in the right talent, uh, developing the talent that we had already. Uh, and I use the hashtag BTB anytime I'm talking about our program, you know, whether it's for uh, marketing purposes, whatever, it's mainly for me uh, because BTB stands for build the belief. I want people to believe in this program uh, and just in what we've been doing uh, recruiting wise the last two years since I've been here. I mean, kids from all over, not just the country, all over the world who are playing at the highest levels at the youth stages are believing in what we're doing and, and having that, uh, you know, getting the wins that we've gotten this year so far have really helped out with that. Our social media content helped out with that. And, you know, I'm not going to lie when the, when we put up the video with your voice on it, I had some kids reach out and say, I listen to him all the time when I watch the college games. I'm like, well, Hey, big homies, friends with us. So just think about that when you want to, when you want to go to college, build the belief. I also see the shirt behind you that says sisterhood, which I think probably says a lot about what you've built there at Brescia, right? Uh, that's gotta yeah. be an important part of your foundation. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, in, in, um, in coaching, it's all about recycling and, and renaming things, you know, there's hardly anything's ever original and, uh, people who know me know I'm a, I'm a massive Duke basketball fan. Uh, Coach K is just is everything to me. And I know with the hat that you're wearing right now, it's not good for me to say that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've always just I've always been hooked on the whole brotherhood and what it means for that program. And I didn't even think about I, I knew like if I ever took a program over, I wanted to use something similar to that. And coming to brush with the women's program, I was like, hey, the sisterhood, this I, I like I like this. Not uh, really thinking that we're a, a really big Catholic institution that does have sisters and nuns on campus uh they think it's fantastic they've got the shirt hanging up in their offices they absolutely love it but you know the, the whole the sisterhood for us and our program is i'm trying to create these moments for these kids that they're going to remember for a long time their teammates are going to remember for a long time and when it's 10 years after they've graduated and they come back for alumni weekend it's not well, who's that old person over there it's going to be hey you know using by name what was it like when you scored in the conference championship for us to win Hey, what was it like when you had the game-winning save uh, that got us into the Final Four to go to Orange Beach, Alabama? Uh, you know, though that's what the sisterhood's all about. It, it's it's creating this family that you're going to have for a lifetime. You know, and and to be able to share those moments with, and to know that you know the stories that you created, the memories you created, are going to be passed down from generation to generation. And and that's that's something that you know the sports cliche of being a part of something bigger than yourself. That's what the sisterhood's all about. Great to spend time with Sean Soderling, the top man at Brescia. He got their first conference win in quite some time, celebrated with the Gatorade shower. And by the way, uh, I have mad respect for Coach K. I only wear this UNC hat because they get my money. My One of my kids goes to <laughs> North Carolina. So mad I'll give you that. For, I'll give you that. Yeah, for, there you go. Thank you for Coach K. Hey, as it goes for Gatorade showers, I don't know how many you've had, but how did that one rate? That was the very first one in 20 years, my friend. Okay. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. I never even thought about it until like, I want to say a couple of years ago. I don't know how the discussion got brought up, but I know a group of friends of mine were talking about Gatorade baths or water cooler showers, whatever you want to call it. And I was just like, yeah, I've never had one. And they were like, what? I was like, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've been successful at places and have won championships, stuff like that. And just, I never had one. And maybe that's kind of like what I'm going to go for. I, mm -hmm. I'll be the only coach to make it through his whole career without getting one. I, I, I was watching back the video the other day from the, the, the game against Open City. And uh, you can actually see from the sideline, you can see our men's coach sprinting from our locker room area because he's running over to tell the girls, hey, this is a huge moment. 
get that water cooler and dump it on him as soon as this game's <laughs> over with. And uh, so I have to give credit to him because I don't think it was in, I don't think it was in the girls' head because I think they were ready to start celebrating uh, as soon as it was over with. But he put that idea in their head. I have to get a shout out to our, our trainer, Kelly, because she thought, man, it's pretty cold. That may lead to hypothermia. We probably don't need to do that. Uh, but, you know, well on to the girls for going through with anyways. It was it was memorable. And definitely after um, uh, anybody who's followed me on social media, we after we got our first one of the season, our bus broke down two hours uh, outside of, uh, of Owensboro. So that always lasts last a, a good memory in my mind of the first win. A very humbling experience <laughs> as well. Uh, but, you know, to get that that first uh, Gatorade bath uh, on the first conference win for the school, uh, nothing nothing beats it other than, uh, you know, going to the locker room and celebrate. We turned on Club Dub. We had the lights going, had the music pumping and just seeing how happy those kids were uh, made it all worth it. I've told you this before, and I mean it sincerely. Your passion is infectious and people are drawn to you, whether you want them to be or not. And I feel like now you kind of want them to be, you know, you now have 3000 followers on Twitter, which is hard to do these days because Twitter is maybe dying a little bit. There's other outlets, you know, but here you go and you're doing soccer chat. I mean, I like to think that I'm one of the busiest people in sports, but when I see you (laughs) doing all the things that you're doing and then raising your beautiful family as well, those kids are fantastic. Uh, You're pretty busy too, Sean. I mean, I feel like, I think you're going to tell me you'd like being busy, right? You don't like sitting still. I, I don't know what it's like not to be busy. I do enjoy it when I don't have to be. You know, I, I'm a, I never really thought about it until a couple of years ago. I, I don't remember what it was for. I think it was when Nick and I won um, the uh, Illinois Youth Soccer Award for Top Soccer um, Partners of the Year or something along those lines. Yeah, Partner of the Year. I just had to turn and look at the plaque real quick hanging up here in my office. Um, and my wife had posted a picture, I think of Nick and I getting the award and had talked about, you know, the creation of the soccer chat in the community and, you know, getting Nick involved and, and what it's all led to. And somebody had responded on there and said, you know, I think the thing that goes without showing or goes without saying is that we want to thank you for giving so much of Sean to us. And I, to me, I, you know, coaching and, and sports, you spend a lot of time with other people's kids than you do your own. You spend a lot of time with other people's families and you do your own. And it's, it's a, it's a two-way street and you got to find that balance. And that's something that I've really tried working hard at. Like for me, I, you know, I, I know most coaches, as soon as their season's over with, it's like right on that recruiting grind, let's get after it. Well, for me, that recruiting grind is all the time, but I do take like a two week period as soon as our season's over with actually right before you called in, like my wife and I are like, Hey, since season's done with here's let's, let's get this cabin. Let's go away for, for a weekend or so. And I typically take a couple weeks to just kind of recharge and get myself going. But, you know, I, I think it's, I'm one of those people that, you know, you use the phrase earlier, all in. And, and that's, that's just how I am. No matter what it is that I'm doing, uh, I'm going all in with it. I, I go all in on my family. I go all in uh, with Brescia Women's Soccer. I go all in with Soccer Chat, although I do struggle sometimes making sure I'm, I'm on time for things and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I've always said that if you're a busy person, uh, it means something's going well for you. And I definitely can't complain about how things are going for me. Yeah, you obviously get that big win. What's going on with Soccer Chat? What's the latest on, on Soccer Chat? How much uh, are you working with that right now? Or do you have to take a break during the season? We, we've taken a little bit of break, obviously, Nick, with, with his, uh, we both kind of started our jobs similar around the, the same time. Um, and our seasons, obviously, I mean, he's killing it right now. All of us in our group text talking about like, we couldn't even get in line to, to mop his floor. He's doing so well. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to interrupt what he's got going on. And, and obviously things are kind of busy on our end. You know, we're keeping a Twitter chat going. Our podcast has kind of dropped. Uh, our last one uh, that we did was uh, right before the season started uh, where we had uh, 
talked with some coaches out on the recruiting trail out at camps because it was the first time for a lot of coaches to be back out on it. Um, we redid uh, or we replayed our um, one with the uh, LGBTQ coaches associate uh, advisory council from United Soccer Coaches uh, last week because of the play with Pride Week that United Soccer Coaches put on. Our team uh, participated in that. It was it was so much fun to to be a part of that and and uh, you know to help spread that message that uh, you know the, the game of soccer. It's they call it beautiful for a reason because it's a game for all people, no matter who you are, where you are, who you love, what you do. It's a game that anybody can be a part of and. You know, so between our seasons, like I was just thinking the other day, uh, my, my shower is my think tank and my car ride to work is. <laughs> and I was just like, man, like we got to do something to really start blowing some stuff out of the water once our season's over with. Uh, we've already started making plans for uh, January. I, I know everybody's talking about the, the conventions back in person in Kansas City. Uh, we're super excited for that. Soccer Chat will be back there. We've already started getting some some stuff lined up for that. Hopefully, Dean, if you're around, you can. You're the busiest man at convention. We can hope you can stop by the, the booth table for a little bit, and we can uh, get a show in with you. But uh, you know, we've already kind of started working on some things for um, uh, the the social for coaches of female athletes. It's something we always work with Becky Burley and the Women's Advisory Council with to get that going. I've got some ideas in my mind already. I know some people. Uh, are excited about that. I started thinking about things where uh, we're going to be working also with the LGBTQ coaches for their social uh, this year at, at convention. And we've already put some ideas together from that. So right now it's like, I, I'm, I'm trying to get through the season. Uh, and unfortunately one day when it does in, then it's soccer chat mode, 24, seven recruiting mode, 24, seven, but you know, we'll, we'll be back here pretty soon on, on the podcast, but we're keeping the, the Twitter chats on Wednesday night, still going strong. Where can everybody find you on Twitter, on Instagram? Where can everybody find Sean Soderling? Throw out all of your uh, social media handles. Uh, it's Coach Soderling on everything. I can tell you, if you, if you try to find me on Instagram, I, I, it's private, ma- but mainly just because I just throw, it, it's really not even like a soccer account. My friends get mad at me because it's like, you can't put your name as Coach Soderling in your Instagram account, not just be all soccer all the time. I mean, like, it's it's kind of like my Twitter account. Like You're going to get a mix of everything, whatever I'm thinking at that moment or, or whatever I'm, I'm into. Uh, you're going to get that. That's why I was, I, I made the comment this morning about like, I don't know why so many people follow me. I'm sure it's a lot of soccer people. And they're probably like, Man, he really doesn't tweet a lot about soccer. Uh, just cause like, I, I just use it as like to show my personality. You know, I know recruits are, you know, when they're looking up our, our social media, which is at Brescia W sock on all platforms. Uh, you know, they may see something where I'm tagging you. They may say, Hey, like, I want to know what this coach is about. And they can click on my profile and literally see what I'm all about. And, you know, like you said earlier, uh, you know, you can see my family, you can see what's going on with soccer, what's going on with soccer chat. I throw some pro wrestling stuff in there for everybody knows I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, but, uh, you know, it's coach Soderling on all platforms. Welcome all, welcome all comers. Uh, DMs are always open. I, I love this really since the pandemic, when we started doing the, I, I did the coaches calls, which was the first time I was on the show with you just, you know, how many coaches reach out to me through direct message of, Hey, you know, I, I don't know who to ask, but you seem like a guy that I can just talk to. And I got this question about this thing going on with my team or, or this thing in my club, whatever. So the DMs are always open, uh, always willing to talk to people, uh, especially about the beautiful game and, and anything that I can do. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to, I'm going to get you connected with somebody who does, uh, which is something I, I learned from my grandfather a long, long time ago. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say that I know everything, but if I don't know it, I know somebody who does, um, we'll get you connected with it, which is what soccer chat's all about, uh, which is, Every Wednesday night for the Twitter chat, uh, just follow the hashtag, just type in soccer chat. Um, you can submit questions there. You can invite your friends uh, to come be a part of it. Then uh, when the, the convention rolls around, we do a live soccer chat uh, with the Twitter chat uh, where everybody just gets together. We get to meet all the people that we see the avatars for every week. Um, but yeah, if you need to find me, it's uh, at Coach Soderling. Uh, our team is at Brescia W Sock and soccer chat is everywhere at chat soccer. 
except it's S-O-C-C-R because somebody has taken so at soccer chat. They don't even use it. Then we couldn't even use chat soccer with an E in soccer. So we've had to abbreviate a little bit, but uh, you know, just follow the hashtag soccer chat and you'll be able to find all of us uh, on there as well. Part of the reason I wanted everybody to go there is this is audio only. I wanted people to see your personality and I must admit, I want <laughs> people to see your different hairstyles, Sean. What is up? I mean, you change it up as it relates to hairstyles. I mean, you are all in with some crazy fun hairstyles. Oh man. So, uh, so crazy fun fact is I got the job. I started at Brescia and two days later, the pandemic started. And I just, I was at home for, you know, how many months before, you know, we were allowed to kind of get out of the house and, and, and kind of get back to work a little bit. And I just never went and got my hair cut. <laughs> I just, I just let it keep going. And um, it got to a point to where, uh, you know, my wife was like, all right, you got, you got to do something about it. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. Cause anybody who knows me knows my hair just grows straight out. It's crazy curly. And this is my, my, uh, my radio teacher coming back to me, reminding people that they can't see me as I'm saying this. Um, and so just kept growing, kept growing. And we were at the pool one day and my wife's like, just like pull it back, you know, see what it looks like with a, with a man bun. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she did it. And she told me, she said, you know, I don't hate it. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, just keep it going. So it just kept growing. I keep, I keep throwing it in a bun. And, uh, a few months ago, uh, was, uh, and this is crazy to think about. I was actually cooking, uh, which I'm not much of a cook, but I was actually cooking at our house for the family. And, uh, uh, my wife said, you know, I, I think I like the long hair. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. She's like, you know, I think it's kind of growing me. I kind of like it. Uh, so I've just, I've just kept it growing, but I, I have said that, uh, I've had some questions recently about if I'm going to do something drastic to it. And, uh, I, and unfortunately, uh, after my 20th high school reunion uh, coming up in July, I will be cutting uh, all of it off and mm -hmm. uh, donating uh, what is, is able to be donated uh, to Locks of Love. Uh, you know, I, a friend of mine just recently did that a couple of years ago. Uh, I thought it was such a cool thing and, and it's something I'd never thought about doing. But once the hair started growing and I just thought, man, like I, I should donate it when I get it cut. And so that's kind of the plan now, although I may surprise some people. I, was, I kind of ran this idea past my wife. I think I may go blonde. That here would not surprise soon. me. Yeah, that, I used to do it in college a lot. Mm -hmm. I did it in high school a lot. And I figured this will probably be the last time <laughs> I ever had long hair. So let's have some fun with it before I cut it all off. And I always wanted to be uh, long, blonde-haired, and blue-eyed like the rest of my family on my mom's <laughs> side. I've never been able to be blue-eyed. I've been blonde before. So I figured, <laughs> hey, let's go for the long blonde this one time uh, and, uh, and see what, see what happens with it. But, uh, you know, I, I, some friends of mine who don't have as much hair as I always tell me, Hey, do what you want with it. Because one day when it's gone, you'll be wishing that you could. So I, I try to do this for all my friends who, uh, who lack in the, in the, in the hair department. Uh, I do it for them. I love it. Sean Soderlund. He makes my face hurt because he makes me smile. Oh so gosh. You're too, you're too kind. Dude. No, too it's kind. true. And it, it, it's funny though, because you mentioned, you know, keeping your wife happy. My wife does ask, you know, what's the deal with the big homie? Like, is, <laughs> does he think you're fat? And I'm like, yeah, of course he thinks I'm fat. I am fat. You know, what, oh, no, what am I going to no, do? No. You know, I remember when you, when you tweeted that to us, whenever we had you on during the, the virtual convention and you're like, I think my wife thinks that I, you guys think I'm fat. I'm like, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and you know, unfortunately with, with Twitter, you only get, you know, 280 characters where you can uh, elaborate on it. So hopefully she understood like the big homies, like, yeah, like somebody's your homie, but if they're the big homie, like that's top notch. That's like, you know, you keep using the phrase top dog, like the top, the big homie is the top dog in your list of homies. And, <laughs> and, you know, 
for what you do for United Star Coaches, for what you do for the game, for what you do for not just, you know, the Anson Dorrances and the Jerry Smiths, but what you do for the Nick Rizzos and the Sean Soderlings, uh, you know, that that's what puts you on top of the list of the homies. And that's why you're the big homie for us. I am honored, Sean, indeed. Thank you so much. And can't wait to see you at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. I'm going to give you the last word, just a little message of inspiration. You know, you hadn't won a game in the conference. You take over two years, you get the win. Coaches out there that are wondering, you know, hey, when do I get a break? When do I get a win? When does something good happen to me? What's your message to them? Keep building the belief. Uh, you know, there were moments myself where that doubt slips in. And I know now with Ted Lasso, everybody's using the whole belief thing. I'm like, hey, like I, I said this build the belief thing way before that. But no matter what it is, you know, I, I take a lot of stuff from outside of sports and, and bring it in. And I'm not much of a, uh, uh, as my wife and friends will test, I'm not much of a reader. Uh, but I, I did read some things uh, this past spring uh, and summer about, you know, controlling, focusing on what you can control. And whether you win a game or lose a game, you as a coach, you can't control that because you're not physically playing the game. Yes, you, you, you put in uh, the work, you put in the effort, you show the film, you come up with the game plans, but still essentially like you're not making that ball do anything. You're not putting it in the goal. You're not letting it go in the goal. And the moment that I was able to do that and just really focus on, hey, like, here's the things I can control. I can control how much we give our team to get ready. I can control who we're bringing into this program. I can control if I'm going to get really upset about something. And I thought, Hey, but I can also control how much I keep believing in this program. And uh, I, I, you know, you, you hear all the time about blood, sweat, and tears and, and brother, I tell you what, for the last two years, there's been a lot of the three uh, put in this program. And, you know, everybody was super excited after that first conference win. And the first thing I told the girls, and we haven't done anything yet. You know, we won one conference game in, in six years. We have not done anything. We've not even scratched the surface of what we're doing. Um, you know, and, and so many conference coaches have reached out about how well we're playing right now. You know, this is a team that before could only connect three to four passes. And now we're hitting 15, 20 passes in a row, creating shots, uh, you know, playing a, a really entertaining style of soccer. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting there slowly, but surely we're getting there. Uh, and hopefully it all comes around to where, you know, in 2023, um, you know, that's kind of the year I, I want to kind of be where, where we need to be as a program. We're going to Australia to the World Cup. Uh, we're taking our team over there to, to do that and also do some servant leadership with the Australian national blind soccer team. Uh, and I think the only reason why we can do those types of things, uh, the only reason why we can do the Australian thing, the only reason we can keep growing as a program is because we're all building the belief, not just within ourselves, but within those people who are around us and those who are following along with us uh, from all over the world. Great message, Sean Soderling. Thanks for reaching out and letting me put a voice to that great moment. There are going to be a lot more great moments coming for you. And as we wrap it up, because you are a media superstar, I'm going to have you do the toss. Coming up next, it's the countdown to convention with Ian Barker. Sean, do me a favor, toss it to what we got coming up after the break. Hey, we're going to be talking about convention, everybody. And there's nobody else you want to talk about convention with other than the big homie Dean Linky and Ian Barker. You put those two together, you're going to get every single thing together. Uh, when it comes to convention, I'm going to be there. Dean's obviously going to be there. Ian's definitely going to be there. So stay tuned. More stuff about conventions coming up here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast with the big homie, my man and yours, Dean Linky. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. 
Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Time now for the Countdown to Convention, a weekly interview on the United Soccer Coaches podcast that features the United Soccer Coaches Convention, which will take place January 19th through 23rd in Kansas City. Every week during this time, our host, Dean Linky, will take a deep dive with someone or a group of people that will be featured at this year's convention. Remember to register early for the convention by going to unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Now, here's Dean with this week's Countdown to Convention. You heard it, it's countdown to convention time. We're pleased to be joined by the longtime director of coaching education for United Soccer Coaches, my good friend, Ian Barker, who joins us on the countdown to convention. Ian, thanks for being on the podcast. Dean, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I got to believe, Ian Barker, when you hear countdown to convention, that resonates 365 days a year. It has nothing to do with three months or four months away. It's, it's probably all the time countdown to convention for you, I would think. To some extent, yeah. So collaborating with Jeff Van Dusen, who is our director of operations and, and runs the convention, it is very much like the sort of painting a bridge. You, you, you start it, you complete it, and then you've got to start again kind of thing. It, it, it never stops. One of the nice things, though, is from my perspective, Jeff bears the brunt of it but it, it never ceases to be an exciting time. So even 10 years in now, I still get you know some butterflies, some trepidation and some excitement uh, looking forward to it. So uh, I'm not burnt out on convention for sure. How nice is it to be able to sleep in your own bed during the convention? I'm assuming that you're gonna do that. Maybe you'll stay at the hotel, I don't know, but uh, that's gotta be a nice part to having it in Kansas City. Yeah, my experience is, um, this is the first time I've been involved in a Kansas City one. So I, I live about four miles from the uh, convention center. Jeff sometimes puts me in really nice opulent suites at the convention. And sometimes when he runs out of rooms, I get sort of the, the janitor's closet. So uh, I'm not at the mercy of, of Jeff anymore. I know um, pretty clearly where I'm going to be sleeping every night. And I, I know that uh, situation. So I'm actually looking forward to that. You're quite the historian buff on Kansas City as well. And I'm not saying this to be funny. I mean, you gave an incredible tour of Kansas City. You're proud of the city. Can you share with the listeners uh, what makes you so proud about uh, being in Kansas City? Sure. I had only had one brief visit to Kansas City, very brief visit before I moved here. And coming from uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota, to be honest, Kansas City was a little bit of a flyover city for me. But my wife and I were fortunate enough to find um, a nice neighborhood to live in. And I have really, really embraced the city, my wife and I. We're, we're season ticket holders at Sporting Kansas City. My wife works at the university here, University of Missouri, Kansas City. So a couple of highlights for visitors, unlike LA, where we can guarantee you could be outside, you may not be able to completely like hang out outside all the time. But during the convention, if you want to take a break, the World War I Museum is fantastic. Union Station, where our offices are, is worth a visit. They're all about um, a mile from the convention center, and they're on the mass transit system, so they're free to access. And then we have President Truman's Presidential Library. That's worth a look. Excellent restaurants and bars. And if you're a craft brewery aficionado, you start at Boulevard, which is the big one. 
and then you can probably find the other 30 or 40 within a five mile cab ride. One more question before we get into the diplomas, it might be plural that you're overseeing and all that it entails is a kind of a symbolic part of the convention that I always enjoy is the first field session is always done by the director of coaching education for United soccer coaches. Please tell me that will remain the same in Kansas city. Yeah, that's the intention. I actually um, had a conversation with Rudy Zimmerman, who is very much a Lieutenant to Jeff in terms of the logistics. And he's asked me for the topic and he's asked me for the players that we want and things like that. And, you know, it's not really a big spoiler, but given the space, which I believe is going to be about 70 yards by 30. So pretty generous space. I'm going to try to do something on zone 14 attacking. So the area just outside the center of the, the opponent's penalty box. Um, I think something that maybe, you know, over the time Barcelona and Man City and Pep Guardiola inspired teams have dominated. I thought I'd mess around with that as a topic for, for myself. And I believe this year we go quite early. So I think I kick it off at about four or five o'clock, which then allows a lot more sessions to be squeezed in on the Wednesday night. That's awesome. This is Countdown to Convention. We kicked it off four weeks ago with Jeff Van Dusen, and he talked about all these incredible names that are running these incredible diplomas and or certificates. We followed that up with Sky Eddy, and then we had Vince Gansberg. Now I want you to do the same because Jeff Van Dusen, on top of all the duties that you have, you're also heading up at least one diploma, might be two. Uh, can you break that down and what it entails? Sure, absolutely. So one of the great things about convention that Jeff came up with was this notion of um, continuing education credit by bundling certain presentations and, and creating diplomas tracks or educational tracks. So you mentioned Sky, you mentioned Vince, my colleague Ian Donnelly will be doing a fantastic one with very high level presenters on performance analysis, 10 different sessions, and you, you have to attend eight out of the 10 or all 10 to, to complete. One that Jeff asked me to carry was the direct coaching diploma or track. We have that course in an in-person format. I'm actually teaching one this weekend here in Kansas City live. It's um, usually about a 20-hour course. At the convention, we'll put on 10 sessions. I believe it's the same principle. You've got to make eight, nine, or 10 of them to complete for an accreditation. And it's the business of running a club. So working with the board, budgeting. Um, HR type issues. It's also um, managing your own career. So how you get hired, how you negotiate contracts, resume writing, conflict resolution, that type of thing. We will have a, a small component of DEI. Um, so how you might introduce diversity, equality and inclusion into a program. And then a couple of um, local coaches working on best practices in youth club management. So some of the sort of the do's and don'ts, some of the things that differentiate your club from maybe one in the same zip code. And then um, a good colleague of ours, Ben Freakley, um, most recently with the Toronto Blue Jays, um, looking at how you might introduce a mental performance um, program into a youth soccer club at a grassroots level. The mental performance one could absolutely be a standalone program as could many of these topics. But in this particular case, I put that into the director of coaching diploma as well. Here with Ian Barker. Ian, I feel like I've asked this question to you in different forms, and it's not an easy question, but it's going to make you think and use that big, powerful brain of yours. But, you know, one of the things that happens at the convention is you kind of can pop in here, pop in there. You've got to make yourself available. you got to be moving around. But 
over the years, maybe even prior to becoming the director of coaching education for United Soccer Coaches, is there one session, one speaker that stands out as, wow, I am really glad I was there. And you know what? If that, that person, he or she did it again, I would come back and see he or she again. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a very good question. In terms of field sessions, and if I was going to be a, you know, a little bit uh, gender split, from my perspective, anytime I've ever seen Janet Rayfield, head coach of University of Illinois, do sessions, she is a standout clinician. And um, I don't believe she's presenting this time, but she'll be involved in a lot of the award ceremonies and things like that. But I used to refer to Janet as the best female clinician I'd ever seen. And then I sort of amended that to one of the best clinicians I've ever seen full stop. Obviously, the late Dick Bate is, 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 is legendary and a loss to the convention. Um, previously, Romeo Jozak from the Croatian Football Federation has been um, a standout presenter. Um, if you go on to our online resource library, you can see many of our strongest college coaches, particularly the college coaches. We've got such a good tradition with people like Anson, obviously, Nancy Feldman, um, Paul Marco, who works with us a lot. So the college presenters are always very strong. In the classroom space, um, international presenters are always interesting because they bring a very different perspective because there is nowhere in the world where soccer is structured as, as it is in America. So when you hear the Dutch or the Finnish or the Mexicans explain soccer there, it's always a nice compare and contrast. Bill Bezik is another name that, that resonates with a lot, of, um, a lot of people. And of course, at the slightly more grip and grin kind of level, having got to meet Pele, and Sir Alex at a recent convention. Those are always nice little bonuses for a guy like myself. Oh, that was a great list of names and a great list of clinicians and presenters. Listen, if a couple people that are listening to this are living under a rock or maybe they're wondering, hey, is it worth it? Can you wrap it up with the last word on why it is worth it and why they should be at the convention since this is the countdown to convention? Sure. So I've I've been at the last 10 conventions as an employee, as a presenter, and then a, an ambassador of the convention. But prior to that, somewhere in the region of, of 20 conventions. And they're very intense when you're there. And you kind of look forward to going, but you're also kind of like, oh, it's January. Do I want to get on a plane? Do I want to get there? But you've committed, you get there. Very, very intense experience. Very rich, deep experience. From my perspective, though, it's, it's afterwards. It's a little bit of the sort of physical and, and, and mental recovery, but then it's reflection on the experience. And it really, for me, tops up the fuel tank of energy to be back into the space come February, March, April. It, for me, it, 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 is, it is almost like a recharge opportunity because it's so rich in content that whilst it's grueling to sort of be at the convention over the course of five days, what you take away, what you add to your library of content and how that then informs and improves your performance in the following year, there's nothing like it. The, the closest thing would be a week-long attendance at the traditional coaching schools of US soccer and United soccer coaches. And if anybody's ever had that experience, they'll, they'll kind of know what I'm talking about. But the convention is like that experience on steroids. Wow, what a great answer. Ian Barker, our Countdown to Convention, Director of Coaching Education for United Soccer Coaches. Thank you so much for joining us on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. You're welcome, Dean. Thank you. Great show. I want to thank Ann Cook, Sean Soderling, and Ian Barker. also want to thank Sean Chevro, Erica Dyer, Jonas Worth, Bailey Conklin, 
Pat Madden, Steve Veal, Jeff Van Dusen, all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches, and our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap. That's this week's Countdown to Convention for the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Convention, January 19th through 23rd in Kansas City. Register today at unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.